What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. But right now, it's time to take the field. Yo, what is going on, boys and girls? Welcome back to The Show, The Podcast, episode 21. How are you all doing? If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have a guest with me this week. It is our guy who goes by many names. Don't call him his first name, but it's Cubs fan 004, a.k.a. Cubby, a.k.a. Cubs fan, a.k.a. Papa Corn, a.k.a. this week's guest. What's going on, man? <laughs> uh, not a whole lot, man. It's been, uh, been a busy day for me, um, dealing with a lot of PC issues, so I'm currently on my phone. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a good day either way. How are you? I'm thriving. Thriving in quarantine, but I'm thriving. Um, yeah. It's, it's been okay. You know, my girlfriend got COVID. I was exposed. I think we're both okay, totally fine, but we've just been spending some quality time the last week and a half. We're doing all right. Yeah. Just make sure you don't – hey, make sure you don't um, go mad during this because it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's easy to go, like, absolutely insane because I was within my first, like, half of the week of my quarantine, I was sitting there like, Ah, I need to go outside. I needed. <laughs> I need to just get out of this place. I like. You, you would think like being in quarantine and being able to just like constantly do content the entire time and not have to go to work, y- it would be great. But then you're sitting there like, oh my god, this is awful. <laughs> no, I've been uh, taking solace in my 30 second walks to the dumpster to throw the garbage out. So that's been nice, just to get that brief experience of fresh air and you know, and then yeah. come back inside. Uh, but uh, we're staying safe. We're doing well. And uh, that's good. I'm really happy you're able to hop on. I know the PC issues are a little annoying. Um, but before we hop in, so I always say in the intro that I'm going to read five-star reviews. And I've forgotten to check the last couple of weeks because I hadn't gotten really any reviews in a while. And that's fine. I know everyone just likes to listen and pop out. Totally cool. But we got one and I don't know the person. So that means it's a real one. So I'm going to read it. Thank you very much. Maddie Fresh 87. Uh, quote now, these are not my words and I did not pay this person. This podcast is amazing. He dives into what is currently going on in the game and does great interviews with other content creators. A little bit of everything in the show. My only wish is to have more shows. Keep up the good work. So thank you, Matty Fresh. Um, More shows probably aren't coming. Just putting it out there now. One a week is the way we rock, but I thoroughly appreciate you for listening and leaving the review. Guys and girls, whoever's listening, if you want to leave a review, I'll shout you out only if it's a five-star nice one. We're not going to do negativity here. This is a positivity fest on this show. Um, But Covey, so you've got your own podcast, been on hiatus for a little while, and we might be coming back pretty soon. So you want to plug it, tell the people what you're about? Um, My podcast is called uh, Out of Bounds. I've been doing it for close to two to three years now. Um, It's quite similar to this podcast, but in a sense that I'm not – we are interviewing content creators, but I am interviewing, I'm interviewing content creators. I've interviewed athletes. I've interviewed um, DJs. I've interviewed everybody in the spectrum. Um, well, one of them was a DJ that is my best friend, but uh, pay, it helps to have best uh, friends in the content space and everywhere mm-hmm. else. But um, basically um, it, it falls similar to this. We interview, we talk, to content creators we talk to athletes get to know them better understand what they're about understand their 
you know, understand their life, uh, get to know them better. It, you know, it, you can someone say it's similar to hot ones, but without the wings and without the hot sauce. But okay. um, yeah, <laughs> that's a weird comparison. But I like um, it. I just watched the most recent one with Daniel Radcliffe, so it, it, uh, it works. Uh, yeah, and the new one. I, I watch. I haven't watched that one, but um, the one with Undertaker. I love that one. That <laughs> I, didn't, so I didn't see that one, so I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah, you'll have to go back and watch it. It is so good, but. Um, it basically falls under the premise of getting the uh, no content creators a lot better, putting a spotlight on their content, putting a spotlight on an athlete, putting a spotlight on DJs, um, anybody that like is brings out an in- interesting conversation for um, anybody that wants to listen. And as of right now, currently due to internet, well, it was due to internet issues and due to um, having to. Uh, more focus on uh, content within MLB The Show 20 because a right, I put it on hiatus right around the time when MLB 20 came out. So I wanted to, fo- you know, I wanted to go deep dive into that mm-hmm. just like everybody else. But um, now with my internet issues finally subsiding and now with like MLB 20 kind of slowly down, slow down right now, yeah. obviously most of the listeners know what I'm talking about right now. Um, it, it will be starting back up soon. I can't give it of a. I can't give a definitive date, but it will be very soon, probably within the next two, three weeks, maybe I'd okay. say, from the time of this recording. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, usually we are live. Um, I'm usually live with that podcast every Thursday. We, um, but we will. I will most like stay tuned to that. Um, because I most likely will be changing my times of when I do that podcast now. Um, so stay tuned on my Twitter account or the uh, podcast account. My Twitter account, CubsFan004, or my podcast Twitter account, out of bounds underscore pod. So, cool. yeah. And I love what you said about just kind of shining the spotlight on the people you're interviewing. That's kind of been my goal with the podcast when I'm able to have other creators on, you know, I work as I'm a sports journalist. I'm a storyteller. I love hearing stories, listening to stories, reading stories. And in this medium, you know, as a podcast, I can just kind of literally prompt you and let you go and tell your own story. And that's, you know, when people are watching you on Twitch or when they're following on YouTube or the podcast, whatever it might be, they're seeing you in that one way. And that's fine because that's the brand you are putting out there. But you're so much more than just a Twitch streamer. You're so much more than just a podcast host. Like you, yep. you are, you, you have a life and this is kind of our way to just kind of shoot the shit, get to know each other and let the people who like you or the people who don't know about you learn some more. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it's, uh, and I, and that's one thing I love about doing it is um, I've met so many cool people in the process of doing it. Like, like I've interviewed, I've interviewed countless people in the spectrum of content creation um, I've interviewed two athletes. I've interviewed a DJ, like I said, which was my best friend. Um, and um, it's it, it's just fun getting to know more about them or letting my viewers know, um, helping them get to know about them a little bit more, allowing them to ask questions, allowing them, you know, to do whatever they would, um, uh, ask them anything they would want. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a very fun thing to do. And and um, you, you, you gain a lot of respect and you gain a lot of friends doing it too, because um, oh God, there's so many people I've interviewed. It would, it would, 
it would probably take up the whole podcast for how many people I've interviewed because well, I've been doing I, I podcasts. I can say too. Them. I mean, yeah. I mean, I interviewed Scuffy on my first ever interview for this show, and then the next one was Yayo, and I talked to Serenity, and these are guys I had never dealt with or met or talked to before. Period. And now, you know, I know I can reach out to them if I need anything. We'll talk back and forth on Twitter. If I if I pop in a stream, we say hey and we talk. Like it's it really does open the door for relationships that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, it, I, um, I ended up interviewing a guy by then. I, I don't know if you're like familiar, how familiar with like the YouTube space you are, but, um, uh, I interviewed a guy by the name of Zach TTG okay. and, and he is a part of a group called two hype and two hype just got, um, I interviewed him way back in like 2017 or 2018. Now this gentleman has just, um, him and his group has just signed with the esports organization 100 Thieves. Wow, that's wild. So that is, yeah. So you're and, on the uh, ground floor is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something like that. It helps with the <laughs> fact that I was able to meet him at TwitchCon and talk to him about it. But um, yeah, he is he is a really good dude, and he is a very helpful dude. Um, and the interview I did with him was absolutely fantastic because it was it ran for close to almost two hours. Oh wow, that's how that that's how long we sat there and just talked and shoot the shit and had the had people asking questions had chat talking to us all the whole time it was great it was absolutely fantastic but uh, yeah you know and like you said your show was so much more than just mlb the show but there is i'm sure a portion of it to that and last uh last week i interviewed dodger man games who's a great guy uh, everyone in the MLB community knows him. He loves the popping streams and talk to people and this and that. And he's got a podcast, the Dodger and Trash Show. So I asked him, um, you know, his show, similar to yours, is more MLB expanded. It's not just the show. They talk about real life, free agency, things like that. But I still asked him, I was like, you know, when you think of content creation as far as video games go, mm-hmm. it's gameplay. And a podcast is not the way to show gameplay if it's just in its audio form. Mm-hmm. but how do you think maybe shows like mine shows like yours shows like his and inside the show that scuffy and coogs have how do you think that's just another way for people to consume video game related content it, it's like it's just a way um well for my from my perspective of my podcast it's a way for them to um be able to like they could, they could come hop into my podcast and then all of a sudden I put up a new interview and it's a somebody that they don't even know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then all of a sudden they go check them out, go check out their stream. And all of a sudden they have another person to consume, consume um, MLB the show or watch um, this content creator play MLB the show or watch this content creator play another game play something uh similar form so in a sense it's like consuming more more content for video games because you're meeting these new content creators and we're also sitting there um just we're we're, i mean we're also sitting there talking about topics related to baseball related to whatever their whatever spectrum they're in Mm -hmm. and um it's um i guess i would say it helps them consume more um, after they're done with the interview. They're like, Oh, I want to get to, you know, I want to, I want to watch this guy more and more. I want to see this guy's mm-hmm. YouTube. I want to see this guy's Twitch. So I serving, see more of the, yeah, serving more as an introduction is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Serving more as an introduction to more gaming, more content, like for 
other people to see. And it's, um, that's why I like doing my podcast so much that like it helps introduce, like it helps people um, learn more about the person they've been watching or it helps people learn more um, about people that they don't even know. Like, so it, it's really, um, I'd say that's, um, that's a way that they're like consuming more into MLB the show. Um, mm -hmm or more just in the gaming content in general. Um, but with inside the show, I know that they, they're constantly talking about the game. So yeah, it, it helps that, um, that it has more for inside the show. It, ha it has more like um, gives a perspective of what they think about certain things, certain things in content, so on and so forth. Yeah. And that's, that's the way I kind of look at the podcast medium for this game anyway, is like when you, when you're watching a YouTube video, Nine times out of ten, it's gameplay. And it's, you know, let's cut to every out. Let's cut to every hit. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's that platform. But what we can do in a podcast is be really raw and just be like, all you're going to listen to right now is our analysis and opinions. There's no gameplay to distract you. In gameplay, they don't have much room for the analysis and opinions because they're talking about, oh, line out. Oh, this. Oh, that. So we, yeah. we have the ability to be like, listen, this is what I think. And you might not agree with this, but this is why I think this way. And that's kind of why. Right. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the biggest reason why I do it. And, um, and, and that's the biggest reason why I'm going to keep doing it from now on because um, it, it, it's something that I can't, like, I can't just drop like, like, like that because it, it's, it, it, it's become a part of me and, and I want to keep it going. The only reason, like I told you before, when we started the podcast, the only reason I, um, stopped doing it for a while was to focus on other things and then when i wanted to start it back up again things would flare up i would not be able to stream i would not be able to make content without like any sort of upload speed with my internet so that's a whole nother story though <laughs> well we're, we're looking forward to the comeback i'm sure um, oh yeah and so if we will shift gears just a little bit here um very broad question what do you think of this year's game do you hate it do you love it does it suck is it the best where are you the, where do you stand it's not the worst game ever it's not the worst mlb the show i've ever played um there's people out there that constantly say this is the wor worst mlb the show they have ever played and i'm sitting here like you didn't play mlb the show 18 <laughs> mlb the show 18 was one of the worst gaming experiences i've ever had in my life i could i and people could sit here and People can sit here and tell me this, that it's the worst game ever, but I would put 19 high, uh, above that okay. because 19 was a constant line drive, line drive, line drive, line drive, line drive out, line drive out. And I don't see – we see a lot of that in this year's game, but not as much, but there's just a lot more added to it. I still have, I still have a lot of fun with it purely because of the amount of content they bring out mm -hmm. but as of right now i don't think it's the best okay i don't think it's the, the best in gameplay wise because nothing will ever top and will be 16 okay um but in terms of content it is the best bar none hands I don't down here hands, hands down. down i don't want to i don't want to hear it from i will anybody. say i will say on that front i had this conversation with ty guy a few weeks ago the content top notch we both agreed that the content itself the volume of content incredible the release schedule for some of this content is a little confusing, but like they can iron that out. Yeah, they need to, here's the thing. They need to figure that out. 
before anything because um, that's their biggest issue. A lot of these cards, um, a lot of these cards are like getting released so late, and we're sitting here like, why the heck are you releasing ninety five overall so and so in like November, December, yeah, or December? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Granted, the whole run it backpack thing. That was that was a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea, and it's strictly to finish collections. Like people realize, only a handful of those cards are actually usable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it and it fits its purpose of finishing collections, doing team builds, Mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. Like I've been, there's certain cards I've still been waiting for for my Cubs team build. They're great cards too for like BR fodder when you get bored of the other diamonds you use. Like they have Mm -hmm. their place. Not everyone is a ranked seasons goon. Some people like yeah, to play yeah. other modes. But, you know, another thing that bothered me with content timing was, like, you know, this, this event that gave us Bellinger, Arietta, and Verlander. Great event. Other than Bellinger, you can argue good reward or not, you know, whatever. It's also going to take a while to get to those 50 win or 40 win thresholds. But you release the event for the first time over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And I know Thanksgiving this year is different than it ever has been before, but it's like, it's a holiday weekend. People are kind of preoccupied and you're going to put a timed event with the card. Everybody wants that weekend. Maybe yeah. that, I, I might just overthink it. But. Well, well it, it does help that they, um, that they made it um, stretch out because now when you go into the central part of it, it's still the same rewards. It's, thankfully, yes. Thankfully. If they did it like like just one weekend, you can't you have to get sixty wins, that would be absurd. Absurd. Yeah. I, I mean, granted, I've seen people get sixty wins in one fucking night, but sorry, apologize for my, my we, use, we can use any words we want here. This is a safe gotcha. space. <laughs> all right cool 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 well so not everything but um, <laughs> so, you know, within reason or, we can use. Yeah, yeah yeah within reason <laughs> within i know my i know my i know my limits but like my mom hasn't yelled at me yet for cursing on the show so no so okay fair. Yeah. yeah fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but um basically it's um it would be fucking insane um for them to do that even though i've seen like People do like sixty win, crank out sixty wins in one night, and or get like crank out forty wins in one night. But I will say, when they first released Gossage, I cranked out. I think it was forty or fifty wins in two and a half days because I knew like this card's gonna sell. I need to get it as fast as possible. But that's oh, that, I didn't have a life for two and a half days. I didn't. I I ended up. I was I was so hard into that, and I was like I stayed up until like one o'clock. At, one o'clock in the morning just to get my last two wins for it because I was sitting there like, please let me get these two last wins. I can go to bed. And I, I forgot, go. I forgot specifically what that event even was, but I felt like it was an easy event. Something about the Post- cards you were able to use. It was really easy. Postseason. Postseason. Is that what it was? Yeah. That one, that one I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, but everyone knows that when you bring out goose gossage, it's going to be an end game card, no matter mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. like it's going to set like granted it's gonna sell but here's the thing do you want to sell him that bad because if you if you sell him you're gonna be missing a key bullpen piece when you go into diamond dynasty let me tell you Mm -hmm. and and he is like he's good he is good as advertised like he is he is the righty chapman in my opinion but with with a slurve and more break see the um, only time i use him I, I've tried every strategy in the book to fix my pitching. 
I think everybody else has to. But mm. I will only bring him out of the pen after I've thrown a fireballer to start the game. Because mm-hmm. you have to keep that pitch speed consistent. The second you go from, like, Finest DeGrom to Kenley Jansen, Kenley Jansen's going to get his ass torched because he throws so much softer in comparison. So mm-hmm. you got to keep the velo up. Again, mm-hmm. I'm just bad. So who knows if I'm actually doing it the right way. But that's the way I think of it. And that slurve is disgusting. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And the thing is, with his uh, per, you know, with his hits per nine, his Ks per nine all the way up, you know, cranked up, mm-hmm. like their PCI is just going to be – um, super small. Yeah. Oh, super small. And, and they can't get a lot of the people just when they face it, they can't catch up to his fastball. And so that's why I keep him in there. But like these, the way they release s- some of these events, it just never made sense to me. And the thing that also didn't make sense to me, why they, it took them so long to make um, 90 to 95 overall uh, live series cards um, a 12 win in events. Mm-hmm. Like, why did it? I thought they would have done that months ago because it made it like there was a certain point in time where you would get these like high diamond, like these low diamond cards, and it, it is now gone. You know, it's useless now because they're like 5K or they're like barely worth anything. So, yeah, now you have the extra incentive to keep playing the event. Like, oh, maybe I'll get lucky and pop the Grom. Even if it's Trout at this point, Trout's still 100 something K, but you know it gives you reason to continue playing on when otherwise you don't really have to do that. Yeah. 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 It's, um, well now, and now that just reminds me when you say trout, that just reminds me of the day when uh, 99 trout came out and everybody was just, everybody was going absolutely crazy because, all right, I'm going to sit here and tell you this. Um, I know some people in the community are listening to me. So I'm, I'm going to say this forefront to them. Stop hyping certain releases with clues that didn't come from them. We are the reason that people were, not we as in us two, but we as in the community at large, we are the reason people got upset that it was quote unquote only trout. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. We are the reason like the whole community. We are the reason why it got, we got so upset. You hyped yourself up so much. Y'all thought you read into it so, like, too far in, and you got invested, and then all of a sudden you're like, 99 Trout, what is this? And then to some some degree, we're all guilty. But it's also – and then we need need to be smarter with context clues. Like, people are like, oh, the collection award is going to be Alex Rodriguez. No, you idiot. That would have been teased with the cover of the game the second they released the game that A-Rod is here. They would never just pop him in randomly. Like, let's, yeah. let's, let's be smart about the way we consider these things. Right, 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 right. And that's what I'm trying to, like and – the, and they constantly do it. And they still – the community still does it. Like, and I don't mean to, like, be yelling or anything, but, like, it, it's infuriating because the community constantly does this. And then all of a sudden they get upset at SDS. And I'm like, why are you getting upset at SDS? It's your mm-hmm. fault. And at the same time, it's brilliant marketing. Putting, oh, the, yeah. putting the clues out. They want this. They don't care that people shit on them at the end. They got people talking about it and in, invested in what's going on. They don't care. They, they can't do Well, and it's gotten to the point they can't do the screenshot clues anymore because we figured it out like that. Inst- instantly. You know, when there's instantly. millions of people on Twitter following along, it's like someone's going to get it right. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the internet will, will scour and figure out things 
like in the just like no problem and i'm blown away by it they're like oh it's yankee stadium at nighttime but it's the visitor's shadow and the dugout's over here and there's a baseball in the middle of third base it's got to be this guy i'm like what the fuck are you talking about and they're right and they're right i have no idea right no and it it baffles me too like but it it the the twitter account can't really do a lot of these hints anymore because of that so Mm -hmm. but um uh this is my message to the community quit doing that like you need to quit reading into these clues so much to the point where you're gonna hype yourself up like i saw people reading into these clues so much that they thought oh hey we're gonna get mark mcguire and i'm like no we're gonna get we're gonna get sammy sosa like no like come on people like like get a grip like it's crazy you know and the funny thing is like um they when people started getting trout they realized oh shit this card is end game like the card is as Coogs likes to say, the best card overall that DD has ever produced. Yeah. I, well, and it's, it's I, at I, least – it's top three. It's, it's easy top three. No, it's easily top three. I mean, I mean, we could sit here and do a, do a whole list about the cards I've enjoyed this year, but <laughs> that would, that would be – Finest Juan Soto being right toward the top for me. Yeah. The fielding doesn't. The fielding doesn't bother me. I play all my home games at Shippet, so left field is like a little league left field anyway. It doesn't matter. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And to the people that say that um, they hate people that play on Shippet constantly, um, just shut up. If if people think I'm a troll for doing that, I promise you that's the only troll thing I do. So it's fine. Well, I'm uh, well. I'm sorry that like any other stadium I play in, the ball just doesn't go out. Like and it's the thing, I, I feel very comfortable there as far as you can always see the ball. When you hit the ball, you know what's going to happen just because it's probably going to go out if it's in the air. It's, it's a very predictable, easy-to-play stadium. And is it a little high-scoring? Sure. But don't you play the game to score runs? I mean, like, that's, that's what we want. If I'm if, – yeah, and I want to get rewarded for the swings I make. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to get rewarded if I go in that stadium. And there's just there's just certain people in the community that say that it takes no skill to be playing at that stadium. I'm like, uh, I don't could, know about that. You could argue, this is it, devil's advocate. You could argue it takes some more skill from the pitching end because you have to prevent them from scoring. Yeah, that's yeah. And I, I just I I don't want to continuously shit on the community, but like, goddamn, sometimes <laughs> it's just. I've been in this community. Okay. I mean, we can get into a whole spiel about my story, like in a little bit, because I'm sure you're mm-hmm. going to ask me about my story. Yeah, gonna, and my... I, I figure we do that after the break, but yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I've been in this community for five years, five long years. And I've seen everything. I've seen the trolls. I've seen the people. I've seen the comp, you know, I've seen lately the comp teams. The comp teams are weird. <laughs> but um, i don't have much experience with them so yeah thank god you know um but um but it's like there's so much that you will you will find in this community that is either crazy or just plain stupid in my opinion but mm-hmm. it is still in my opinion one of the nicest one of the best communities out there you're just oh, gonna, it's amazing it's just like, but it's just like any other gaming community. You're going to find 
that you're going to find. You're going to find those trolls. You're going to find those people that are idiots. But, mm-hmm. you know. I was, I've, very, been doing this, I've been doing this since June, I want to say. Have I muted some folks on Twitter? Sure. Have I blocked anybody? Not yet. But from you'll day, get to that point. I'm sure. But from day one, I've been welcomed. People are like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I love what you're doing. This is great. Keep doing you. And, like, some other communities, you'll enter it and they'll look at you as like, oh, no, competition. And maybe that's right. the case to some degree, but it's also like we realize the more of us there are, the better off our community is. Right. And no, I – I don't know. I just, I, it's been very welcoming from the start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the most welcoming communities and it does help that it's small, but it's only going to get bigger next year. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, and that's, that's why I'm happy I started this when I did. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you get that jump start mm-hmm. right in, right into it. So yeah. One other thing I want to talk to you about before we go to break, another community-based question. The community has been kind of divided on gameplay on PS5. So I think it's super smooth. Any problems that exist are problems that already existed before it moved to PS5, in my opinion. I, I know, like, your friend Kyle really, in, from what I've been able to see based on his content, has not liked the way it plays on PS5. And I know he complains about it on Twitter, too. And he's probably, based on his experiences, he's totally right to complain. You know, everyone experiences the game differently. Um, but what do you think of the way it plays on PS5? When you go, when you, well, there's like, there's like a setting in, um, in options that, that like, um, goes faster, smoother. It's like, it's like an option that you can choose to like, make the game look a little bit, like make the game look a little, a little better. But when you, when you switch that off, the timing of your swing the timing of your like your feedback and whatnot, it it, it, it messes with it, with it a little bit when you change it to the graphics a little bit. So oh, see, I didn't touch the graphics. I just took it out of the box, plugged it in, started playing. Okay, fair enough. But I did the same thing, and then I started messing around with it just a tad bit, and I've kind of I finally found my sweet spot just a little bit mm-hmm. now. But it plays smooth. But I can understand, you know, the frustration that Kyle has. Because it, it, it play, when it plays smoother, it, it can play a little different mm-hmm. because um, it messes with your timing a little bit. You're playing on a different controller. Um, you're playing on a different console that like, is like amped up to like tenfold. Oh, it's, it's ten times what the PS4 was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 1,000%. And, and it can mess with your timing. So as of right now... I have no problems with it, but when I started up, it was a little bit weird trying to figure out timing issues. It, I, the biggest thing for me, it, it messes with my timing issues, like um, with my hitting and timing and whatnot. Anything else, really, it do- hasn't really messed with me too much. Maybe I can't say it messes with my pitching because, you know, I suck at pitching anyway. So, <laughs> I, I mean – the controller itself, I find to be more comfortable than the PS4 controller. I actually love the oh, new controller. Heck yeah, heck yeah. But heck yeah. the one thing I've noticed that I guess I've just subconsciously gotten used to is that there might be a little bit of input lag for analog pitching, just like a little, little bit. And so that's something you just kind of adjust to. But otherwise, like I said, I mean, I think it's great on PS5. I, I mean, I'm sure 21 made for PS5 will be hopefully much, much better. But like yeah, I've had, I've had no problems transitioning from four to five. Oh yeah, no, I've 
I had I had a I had a bit of a roadblock, and then I just fit. You know, I slowly played around with it and figured it out. So basically, I don't have too many issues. I think it plays smooth, but I can understand why people, you know, people like Kyle, who complain about it a lot, have issues with it. And um, even Legunsky had um, problems with it. I remember when he was talking about it, and he figured out this whole settings thing, and it helped out his game immensely especially when I'm watching him play on videos now. So. And when, when guys like McGunsky and Kyle are making complaints, valid complaints about the game, I know SDS doesn't always include them in their public-facing materials, and that's because they're not always family-friendly, and that's fine. I love their content. People love their content. It is what it is. But, like, when they're talking as top 50, top 10 players in this game, SDS needs to listen to what they're saying. Oh, hey, yeah, 1,000%. Both of them, both of them, though, have really transitioned into the um, competitive, but also entertainer role. Yes, I, I could, I could put that a lot into perspective with McGunsky because I know him a lot better. Because when I knew him, he was the, he was a guy that was constantly competitive, constantly wanting to be in the top fifty, constantly wanting to be so good at the game that. He's going to be making so much money off of it. Now this man is on YouTube. Oh, God, he's got to be up to 60K on YouTube. It's something like – it's in that ballpark, definitely. Yeah, it's in that ballpark. And he is one of the funniest dudes oh, he's in, the, uh, in mm-hmm. the community now. Like, I, I would put him over Kevin, and that is saying something. See, my, my comedy top three this, – this is an interesting debate too – is Dimu, who I love. Kevin oh, fucking. and and McGunsky. the three of them you can put them in any order oh. and I'm down yeah bar none yeah bar none because I I constantly watch McGunsky and now I have to sit here and um, control myself from like saying that <laughs> or or saying yeah, yeah. or or robot or like I. I have the nicknames that he uses for his guys that I'll just randomly blurt out. And my girlfriend sitting on the couch, like, did you just say titties? And I'm like, yes, Fernando, Fernando titties. Like, that's what it is. Uh, Fernando (laughs) titties or like, um, Jimmy, not Jimmy Fox, uh, Jimmy Fox. (laughs) Yep. That's one of my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's guys like that who, like we said, maybe SDS can't always include them because of their content. But at the same time, they're getting people to recognize the game. They're getting people into the game. They're so important. Yeah. SDS. Yeah, and I can yeah I can sit here and say that like the growth that that man Magansky has had is just absolutely insane from what I used to know him because I've been in like I said I've been in this community for a long time. I've known him for a long time to see the kind of growth he has had um, in his content and him being an entertainer and becoming what he has become now, it is just, it's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy to me. Absolutely. So boys and girls, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Cubs. We're going to talk about questions from Twitter in an unnamed segment that I'm currently calling questions from Twitter. Um, We're working on the title. We're we're shopping it around. Um, And we're going to talk more about Cubby and just his streaming career and things like that. But you know the drill. We're going to hear from our friends at Thrive Fantasy right now. Uh, as always, very excited to be working with my friends at Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports app that is based on player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like those other DFS apps that we won't name uh, because it only asks you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. 
To play your NFL games on Thrive Fantasy, you're going to choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. And each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or the under based on how likely that event is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible to win a share of that prize pool. So look, if you're okay. looking to play games and make money during the remainder of this NFL season, which has been crazy, use promo code the show the pod when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today, and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. That is $20 of free money. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Play Store, or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. So, you are a Cubs fan, and we have – it's in your name. And, and we have a question from Twitter about the Cubs. But before we get into that, let's learn more about you. Tell us about your Cubs fandom. Tell us about your streaming career. Just kind of – I'm rolling out the red carpet for you. Let me know. To, to take a quote from, from, from Hot Ones, rolling out the red carpet. Right, right, right. Um, my Cubs fandom grows back, goes back to, like, when I was, like, just a little – a uh, short little kid um, watching, you know, watching TV, um, watching with um, watching baseball with my mom's side of the family and uh, constantly seeing Cubs baseball because, you know, their fandom on my mom's side is just, you know, my fandom's here. Like, you know, their fandom's up here. <laughs> like they have like everyone, almost everyone in the family is a Cubs fan on my mom's side. And um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I fell in love with watching Sammy Sosa, fell in love with watching um, just all any of the players, Kerry Wood, um, Derek Lee. Derek Lee, after Sammy Sosa left, uh, Derek Lee was one of, easily one of my favorites. I love Derek um, Lee. Even as, I'm a Yankees fan, and just as an outsider, he, he was a part of the Yankees organization, I believe, at some point. But just as an outsider, I love Derek Lee. Yeah, and – I grew up, like, um, just loving watching Sammy Sosa. Um, like, the fandom I had for him was absolutely crazy. Like, I, I know, like, about, you know, what he did during that time. And I don't give a fuck, to be <laughs> honest. Like, I don't care. Like, it was during a time when – it was during a time when it was accepted. It was during a time when it was not – you know, it was not a, a bad thing to be doing that. I mean, obviously, most of the MLB didn't know that he was doing steroids, but like, you know, without without him and Mark McGuire, would we be having the MLB to this day? Well, like, that's that's what I was just about to say. Is like, sure, they both cheated, and sure, they were both kind of dickheads about it af afterwards. But at the same time, that home run chase made fans like you. Mm -hmm. And and look where look where baseball as a whole is now. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt, but look at the positives years later. And, yeah, and well, it and with that, it like it helped them get stronger. It helped them, you know, uh, hit balls farther. But I know they still had that skill. I know they still oh, had the yeah. They still had mm -hmm. that speed. Like Sammy was one of the best power hitters of his generation, and so was Mark McGuire. But um. I mean, Mark, Mark is, you know, he's made, you know, he's made, he's made things better over time. Yes. He becoming has. a coach, becoming a coach and whatnot. But um, there's people like, there's people like the Ricketts that have asked Sammy to, you know, apologize before he can come back to Wrigley Field. Cause he hasn't been back to Wrigley Field in years. And I'm sitting here like, 
what does he have to apologize for? Making you a bunch of money? Like, what do you what do you want him to apologize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made he made your team a bunch of money. He made your team what it is today before you even bought it. Like, mm-hmm. like, what does he need to apologize for for something that the entire all of major leagues has was doing at the time? Mm-hmm. Maybe except for a, a few, like here and there, like Chris, you know, like Ken Griffey Jr. or a few others, but um. It, it it baffles me that like um, that's why I feel that they need to be at certain at a certain point in time the writers need to get their heads out of their ass and vote them in to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Like as as someone going back now to my my sports media career, I used to work at a newspaper that you know Yankees Mets. It was a Long Island based newspaper and. I know some of the voters. Like, I know them personally. I've worked games with them. Like, I know them. You've got the really, really bright ones who know what they're doing and understand stats and understand historical importance. And then you've got some of the older ones who are like, no, one guy a year gets into the Hall of Fame. Sometimes none. We need to keep this prestigious. And if you cheated, there's no shot. And I'm like, well, if it's a history museum, which is what it is, right? It's a history museum is Barry Bonds not the most historic baseball player or at least a top five historic baseball player? He is the greatest player, but he is the greatest baseball player of all time, bar none. I don't want to hear any other arguments. That man was absolutely insane. He was insane before he took steroids. Mm -hmm. He was, he was even more insane after he took steroids, but steroids didn't help that swing. That swing was pure skill. That Steroids eye, didn't help that eye, which I'm sure that, I think that was what you're just about to say. That eye is that, a, a, unbelievable. That eye is unbelievable. Like you could, I mean, you you've heard the story about one of the greatest um, greatest pitch sequences of all time, which was between him and uh, Eric Gagne. Well, let's like, let's tell the viewers. I mean, refresh me definitely, but let's tell the or viewers and listeners. Um, basically, it was Eric Gagne. Um, apparently, but like many years ago, beforehand. They had um, they had talked about um, if they had ever faced each other, he would only be he would only get to throw one breaking ball the entire like the entire sequence, and he threw that one breaking ball and it was just constantly fastball fastball. It's basically just power against power mm-hmm. against power, and he was you know, Gagne in his prime was throwing close to a hundred and hundred and two um, in his prime, and so. Him, you know, him, it was just power against power. Like, like I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw the hardest I possibly can. Can you hit it? You know, and and just like to all you viewers out there, go, um, go out there, uh, search it up. Eric Gagne versus um, Barry Bonds. I can't remember what year it was, but um, it is it is an insane pitch sequence because you see Barry Bonds get be early on a hundred and two miles an hour fastball. Like how in Which the is world is that the dumbest, possible? the dumbest bat speed. Yeah. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. and it is like, you can even watch some of the interviews that Gagne did after afterwards. And he will, he will tell you everything about that whole pitch sequence. It, it is absolutely insane. And in the end of it, um, Barry Bonds ends up getting a two run homer against him. Mm-hmm. Off, of, off of a steady diet of just fastball, 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 fastball. And Barry Bonds is – I understand 
the whole perspective of like he cheated, he cheated, but like that man had pure skill that steroids did not teach him. Mm-hmm. Like that man had the uh and there's people that still make this argument to this day, which I never understand that Barry that Babe Ruth of all people was a better baseball player than Barry Bonds. I'm and it's that life. argument of like, oh, but he was he was a pitcher. Yeah, it was like 1930, and like he was throwing 88 and blowing people away. Like it's, I'm, he was, like, I'm sure he was a good pitcher then. He wouldn't have been now. Like, but like you would put Babe Ruth when he was a pitcher, and then Barry Bonds uh, facing each other. Barry Bonds would take him deep. 10 times out of 10, mm-hmm. 10 times out of 10. And it's just like, I think a, a couple of years ago, wasn't Phil Hughes shit on because he was like, I could strike Babe Ruth out. I guarantee he could. No, I'm not, I mean, Babe Ruth is very, very good, but like current pitchers are throwing 98 with ease. That's Phil not Hughes. something, not yeah, something knowing, a lot of people used to see. Yeah. And knowing Phil Hughes, yeah, he could, he could blow it right past him. In all honesty, mm-hmm. like, and they're throwing different kind of pitches and, than what they were throwing in the 1930s and the 1920s. And it just baffles me that, like, at a certain point in time, we've got to get to that point where you've, you've got to accept the steroid era because there, it's a certain era that we were in when it was, it was accepted. It's, a, it's an era that saved baseball. And like, if anything, an easy solution is to divide the monument portion of the Hall of Fame into an era-based wing where it's like the pre-World War II era, the this era, the steroid era, the post-steroid era, and just like give each era its due. It's a history yeah. museum. You can't teach yeah. the history of baseball without telling people about Bonds, McGuire, Sosa. Uh, you know, Eric Gagne was on PEDs. Like you, you can't tell the story of baseball without that. Yeah, you really can't. And these writers need to get their head of that, heads out of their ass and it bugs the hell out of me because I, I see one of my favorite baseball players of all time who was an absolute – insane like he was absolutely insane during his prime and i fully believe that he deserves to be in the hall of fame like along with mark mcguire along with you know barry bonds Raphael like, palmero La- Raphael palmero he's an idiot but Raphael uh, palmero yes, but yeah uh, granted that that is that is a completely different story but um <laughs> uh guys like jeff bagwell guys like um golly, we, we're gonna go to the full spectrum uh, and then there's like kids to this day that are fans of the MLB, like fans of uh, baseball right now, and they're sitting here saying Ken Griffey Jr. is overrated. I'm like, what are you t- Ken Griffey Jr. is the one of the most talented pure baseball players of all time, and there's a reason I have my little legacy honoring section over there to him because he is. You could argue he made baseball fun, not just like fun to watch, but like he brought a personality. He was every, he glided to the ball. He had a beautiful swing, the best lefty swing of all time. Like Ken Griffey Jr. is a monumental figure in baseball. Right, right, right. And he is the, like, he was the face of MLB for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And, and just sitting here saying that he is overrated. Like I, then there's people, then there's people making an argument that, Ken Griffey Jr. was bar none a better baseball player than Mike Trout. And I'm like, no, the stats don't back that up. No, you could, you could argue that had Ken Griffey Jr. not gotten hurt ever, which is an argument that's hard to make, but you could say, had he never gotten hurt, he'd be the all-time home run leader and, like, the all-time offensive leader in many categories. Oh, yeah, 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 1,000%. But, like, Mike Trout, you could make the argument that 
Griffey was more of a face of the of baseball than Mike Trout will ever be because, honest to God, that is true. Because Mike Trout works behind the scenes, if that's possible. Yeah, Mike Trout isn't. Mike Trout's not even the face of baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that belongs to Fernando Tatis Jr. Most likely, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, there's, but you could also make the argument with certain other people. Like mm-hmm. there's certain, there's certain other players that you could either you could call them the face of baseball, um, um, the face of the youth generation, because the face of the youth generation of baseball right now is is Tatis Jr., Javi Baez. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. Like, like it, they're all up there. But, like, you know, my, my Cubs fandom runs deep. It, um, like, I am, like, I mean, it's in my name for a reason. So, <laughs> and it, it, like, I made, like, when I was younger, my, um, we went to uh, Build-A-Bear. And uh, we walked into Build-A-Bear, and uh, I, I, made a, uh, I made a bear with a Cubs jersey on. I named him Sammy. <laughs> there you go. That tells yeah, you everything you need to know. That really tells you everything you need to know about my Cubs fan when I was younger. And now it's, like, it's grown tenfold since then, like, past high school. Like, like and, like, I am constantly following them. I'm not watching every game because I'm constantly um, – because I'm constantly um, – you know, doing content creation. So I'm not always able to watch games, but I'm constantly following in the news. I'm constantly following in stats. I'm constantly, you know, I, I see everything. And seeing that like today or like the last few days of the Cubs news, like we lost, uh, we lost Lynn Casper. That hurt. Like any player on that team, maybe besides Anthony Rizzo, because Anthony Rizzo is my favorite player. Mm-hmm. Any team on that, uh, any player on that team could like go and I'd be, I'd be, you know, I'd be a little bit heartbroken, but seeing Len Casper go, go because he's been like the voice of the Cubs for a long, long time, ever since uh, um, uh, Chip Carey and Steve Stone left. Um, seeing him go broke my heart. Like it hurts. That man is, that man is the voice of Chicago and he's still going to be the voice of Chicago now because he's working in radio for the White Sox. I don't quite understand why he wanted to go to radio, but I guess he had some sort of dream. He wanted to be working in radio over TV, which, you know, can't fault a guy for wanting to have dreams, but like Mm -hmm. it it hurt seeing that man leave. Like, and it, it, like it hurt seeing Kyle Schwarber get kicked to the curb because we didn't want to pay him $8 million. So. Which is not a ton, but I, I mean, it's a baseball decision. Now this, this leads us into kind of our question, uh, from questions from Twitter, again, not trademarked yet, working on it. Uh, This is from Eli Gaddy, at Gaddy underscore Eli. Uh, I suppose you are a Cubs fan, correct? So how do you feel about the approach the Cubs are taking this offseason, like letting some players go, a.k.a. Kyle Schwarber? Uh, Are the Cubs starting a rebuild, or would you consider this like a soft reset? Like, where are we in the Cubs kind of timeline right now? It's going to be a soft reset, but from the sounds of it, they're trying to cut payroll. Because a lot of these, um, a lot of these teams and a lot of these billionaire owners are crying poor at the moment. Yeah, they're BS. And, yeah, and yeah, we could, you could go on for days about that shit. But like, it, they're they're crying poor, and I, I don't want to hear it from the Ricketts because they've been crying poor for quite some time now. They're claiming that they don't have any money to put into payroll when you just when you just sold the company that you own. Um, it's like a stock trading company that they own. They just sold it 
for close to billions and billions of dollars. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. here like, you're going to sit here and tell me you don't have money. You're going to sit like, here. I read a report. Like I said, a Yankees fan, I read a report the other day. Um, they really only have room for one big free agent and you know, whatever, that's fine. I think DJ LeMahieu was so important to that team. You can't let him go. But then they're saying oh, yeah. if they sign LeMahieu, they can't re-sign Tanaka. Tanaka has his ups and downs. He is the heart and soul of that pitching staff in the playoffs. You're going to let oh, him yeah. walk? You're going to let him walk? That's ridiculous. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. And then there was like – there was reports coming out that um, – saying that they were going to try – if they wanted to try and cut payroll and get as many pieces as they possibly can, the Cubs were going to think about uh, trading – or they should think about trading you Darvish. And I'm sitting are like oh, – I even saw – After the I season even, he just had, that's rough. Uh, I, after – well, here's the thing. After seeing – I didn't see – I didn't see um, uh, the full video that Mark made, uh, Draft Nick Mark. You obviously know him. Yep. I know him pretty well, too, because he got into yeah, the MLB community pretty uh, – right around the same time I did. But um, he – apparently he made a video on it, too, and I need to watch it a little bit more. But um, they're, they're claiming – there's, like, articles that are claiming that if they want to get as many pieces as they possibly can – um, they should consider trading you, Darvish. But the problem I have that with that is, like, we – the problem that the Cubs have had has always been pitching. We've always had a problem with pitching. We can't deal – always had a problem with developing pitching in the major league – or to get it to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't sign – well, obviously, it, it took a little lot longer, but we were always not signing pitching – until we ended up signing you, Darvish, and, and you John know, Lester. It, yeah. and John Lester. Well, John, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, John Lester, that man needs to that mean that man needs a like a plaque, a statue, whatever. Like we will retire that man's number in Chicago. That man is one of the most influential people in this generation of Chicago Cubs baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, supremely his, important. His signing kickstarted everything. Like. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he is one of the most important signings we have ever made in the last 10 years. Like, I, like, I don't want to hear any other argument. Like, he is the most important signing. But mm-hmm. as of right now, with the needs that we, we have, um, and, it, and it's all comes down to pitching. And, like, and it all comes down to the fact that, like, are we going to be able to re-sign Anthony Rizzo again? Are we going to be able to re-sign Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, so on and so forth? Like, are we going to be able to say, you know, when his contract goes up, are we going to be able to sign Ian Happ? You know, he's going to be he's going to be there for a while because, you know, he can, he finally came into his own and starting started hitting pretty well. And, but the problem is, we need we need we need pitching like and. Yeah. You Darvish is that piece. Like, I mean, with the, see now it, counterpoint to that though. Like with the questions you just brought up, like, are we going to re-sign Rizzo, Baez, Contreras, all these guys? If you're not confident that you're going to sign all those guys back, and you might be in a lull for two, three years, as far as like more like a 500 team than a 90 win team, selling Darvish now gets you a, 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 the ability to restock the farm system get a couple young pitchers who in two, three years could be stars. And then, you know, you're right back where you started again. That's where I was going to get with that is um, if, if um, Jed Hoyer were to get an offer that he cannot refuse 
take it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, jump on it. Like if you get an offer for like some of the best prospects out there, like in some really good pitching prospects some really good, maybe like a really good outfield prospect, jump on it. Like I would not, and you would not, and like the Cubs would not have to foot any of the bill for you, Darvish. Mm-hmm. Do it. And the, you know? the reason, at least me personally, I would be so gung-ho to trade Darvish right now is I think he's more this pitcher than the bad pitcher he has been, but he's shown that he can just flip-flop back and forth for inexplicable reasons. Or, like, if he's injury-prone, then maybe the injuries linger and he's bad again. He just had an unreal season. Get rid of him now. Get everything you possibly can for him now. Sell the highest that you can. And make another free agent signing like a John Lester when you're able to. Like, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. Because a team like the Cubs, even if they're being a little chintzy right now, they've got money. Everyone knows they've got money. A year or two from now, they could sign the best free agent pitcher available and no one would be surprised. Yeah, and well, that's, that's the biggest issue, though. Like, um, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm, like I said, it would have to be a really good deal for them to, uh, for them to, uh, um, to just pull the trigger immediately. But um, oh, it would have to be. Right it now, would have to be a sell high, worth your time trade. Don't get rid of them for peanuts. But like, now's the time to reach for the stars. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I feel that. It, and that's the only reason I would ever make that deal. But um, knowing Jed, we, I don't know. I don't know what's on Jed's mind at the moment. So it would, it would definitely cut payroll for him. But as of right now, I think if you're going to cut payroll, you'd have to get rid of Craig Kimbrell. But, you know. And Jason, who would, who would, is Jason Hayward gone yet? Soon, right? It's got to be soon. Though, to be fair, he did have a better season this year and the year prior. Like, he's been better than we thought, but nowhere and, worth his contract. Oh, no, 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 no. He'll never be, he'll never be more worth in his contract because it was a good signing in theory, but, like, he, we just pay him too much. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly. And, um, uh, honestly, I don't know because uh, – it's tough to think what what's going on in Jed Hoyer's mind because now Jed Hoyer is the man of the helm because mm-hmm. uh, Theo has finally walked away. But um, which I'm going to be very honest, all Cubs fans kind of knew that was coming. Um, and Theo like, did what he came there to do. No, yeah, he he did what he came he did what he was going to do, and he got us a championship. But the problem is, our problem is right now, um, the. Um, the core never got any better after that. Yeah, they, I think Theo and upper management kind of rested on their laurels a little bit and was like, look what we just did with this team. Why change it? And then they didn't change enough, and they fell back. Yeah, and it all started when Dexter Fowler left because mm-hmm. we, didn't want to foot, we didn't want to foot the bill for a leadoff hitter. And then we just lost that guy that was pretty much our heart and soul in the leadoff position. And, you know, he goes off to our rival, in the, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals, and – God, I miss that man. He was such a good player for us. But um, honestly, I don't know at this point because I can tell you right now, you Darvish, I, it would be a, it'd be tough to sell him now. But if you got the right price for him, do it. Um, Chris Bryant, he needs to go because he's got he wants too much. For God knows what reason, he wants too much money. Even though he has not gotten back to what he used to be. Yeah, and even um, if it's kind of selling low-ish on him, Darvish and Bryant 
in my eyes, are the only tradable assets, like legitimate assets, on the team right now. So how else are they going to get better unless they do yeah. something creative? Yeah, in, in theory, you could trade Kyle Hendricks because he, is, he has been up there when it comes to pitching as well. But the problem is you, you, would, want, um, you would want to sell Darvish because his, his, you know, his ceiling is high. And Hendricks' contract is very friendly for the mm-hmm. team right now. So we want to keep him and keep his pitching. I don't know. It, 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 it's a lot of – the thing I could tell you right now, it, it's a soft reset. We need to, we need to jumpstart on getting rid of Bryant. Problem is we don't know if any team wants to take his contract. I personally feel we need to, get, we need to find a way to get Shorver back. Mm-hmm. I understand why you didn't want to pay him $8 million because honestly he's not worth eight million dollars he really isn't if if you keep him at what his current salary was i mean that's there's nothing wrong with that what was it four or five million he was somewhere in that range yeah it was in that ballpark range but like i i didn't see that come like i didn't see him getting non-tendered like i did not see that coming at all i i saw it coming with alvaro Almora jr because he is just he's not good he has fallen off well when we from when we drafted him to when he made it to the major leagues, he's fallen off a cliff. Yeah. And, like, and he refuses to change his stance. He refuses to change anything mm-hmm. about his, about his way of playing baseball. And, and you need to, you need to just let him go. He was mm-hmm. absolutely no, he, hot he, garbage. He made sense. But I think with Schwarber, had we gotten definitive answers that yes, the DH and the national league starts next year, Schwarber stays for $8 million. He's worth 8 million. If there's a DH. Oh yeah. I agree. I agree. And uh, it's going to be a problem because now you've got all these other clubs, including AL clubs, that are going to probably jump on trying to get Schwarber like hell. I remember a certain story about when um, the Cubs were trying to trade for um, Orlis Chapman and the Yankees wanted Schwarber. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> and, glad we labor instead for what it's worth. But, yes, I remember those rumors. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> I mean, I will take that. Uh, I will still tra- take that trade, bar none. No question about it. Like, you know, at the time, we didn't need Glaber. We had Addison Russell. Obviously, we didn't know about how, you know, we didn't know about at the time his, that his Addison, issues, yeah. He's a piece of garbage. Yeah, um, but, exactly. but um, we didn't know about that at the time, and we were in win-now win mode, and it got us a championship. We'll take that, you know, I will take that trade 10 times out of 10 again, and there's people sitting here questioning – well, why did you guys take that trade? You guys lost a very good value of police and labor yeah, well, tours. But, yeah. You won a World got, Series. We, got, we won our world's first World Series in over 100 fucking years. Like, yeah. come on. Like, it was a win-win trade for both sides. And you even got – you guys even got Chapman back. Which I'm, I'm probably in the Yankees minority on this front, but I dislike Chapman, obviously, as a person. He's not a great person, but, like – he makes – he's the sweatiest person probably in baseball. The second he toes the rubber, it could be 30 degrees. He's sweating like crazy. That's not what I like to see from my closer. I like to see some composure from my closer. And I like to see a closer who doesn't let up home runs in the ninth inning every postseason, which he loves to do. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, uh, theoretically, theoretically, the Yankees made a very, very wise move by trading him, getting Glaber, and then saying, hey, we'll just give you money to come back. Yeah. Yeah, because we weren't going to foot the bill for him. Because mm-hmm. we ended up, because then we ended up trading uh, Jorge Soler for Wade Davis, and look at and look how that ended up for us. <laughs> well, Jorge, Jorge Soler, 
He would have been. It was right place, right time for him to be with the Royals because they sucked. They needed a bat, and he just blossomed. I don't know if the Cubs ever would have given him that time. Yeah, and he was a terrible fielder, to be honest. But mm-hmm. Well, it's like having um, another right-handed Schwarber. Yeah, it, it basically was at the time. But, um, yeah, Chapman got ruined by Joe Madden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. He broke it. But that's, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know. <laughs> he, he rode him to a World Series, and that's, that's all that mattered. But under like under like um, with the Cubs right now, I feel like they need to do a soft reset. I don't think they need to do a full rebuild because if we're gonna do a full rebuild, you gotta get rid. You gotta clean house. Everybody. You gotta get rid of everybody. You gotta Bobby get rid of everybody. Bias has to go. Rizzo has. Well, Rizzo might be hard to get rid of because first basemen are like a dime a dozen. But you could trade Baez easy. You could trade Contreras super easy. But here's the thing, and that's the problem. I that's the problem I find with trying to do a, a full rebuild because Rizzo is the heart and soul of that team. Mm-hmm. Like he is the man that started the rebuild. He is the man that, um, he, that was there before, you know, everything got better. Like, and he's one of Hoyer's guys, isn't he from the Padres? Uh, yes, he was, he, well, he was, he was one of Hoyer's guys. He was one of Theo's guys that came up into the minor leagues in the Red Sox. And then mm-hmm. he got traded to the Padres for Adrian Gonzalez. Yep. And then when, um, when Theo and Jed went off to the Cubs, they were like, hey, um, we would like that Rizzo guy back. Um, what do you want for him? And they're like, Andrew Kashner. And deal. took away. <laughs> like, deal. Like, deal. Like, we, we, sit, we sat there, like, Cubs fans sat there and questioned the deal because Andrew Kashner, we thought was going to blossom into something different. Not so much now, huh? No, no sir. No. No. He I'm is a uh, he- player there. Oh yeah, we, yeah. We we basically got one of the top first basemen in the league, uh, for, and and our franchise player for the years to come. And it'd be hard to get rid of Bias because he is, he is another face of the team. Like mm-hmm. he is, he is a face of the youth movement. He is a face of that whole team. And Bias is Bias is the money maker. Rizzo, as great as he is, is a good guy, but kind of boring as a ball player. Whereas Bias is like the showstopper. Like he makes oh, the, yeah. web, the web gems, the bat flips, the this and that. He's the guy who like makes money. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree with that. Um, Wilson Contreras is up there too, but uh, he is like those three guys are would be very, very, very hard to get rid of. Like you would, like I like I said, like I I was telling you earlier, Link Casper, him going away, like him leaving would make me makes me cry more than any player leaving. If Rizzo left. I'd be bawling like a baby, yeah. and I would be sitting in my bed for two days. Mm-hmm. Like I, would I, not I get had out that. Of I had that feeling when the Yankees decided to pay Jacoby Ellsbury instead of Robinson Cano, and now I don't care as much because Cano turned out to be like not Peace incredible. Uh, also, a PED guy, which again, it is what it is. But it's like, you know, if he was a Yankee, that would have been even worse for him. So, yeah, no, I I definitely agree. But yeah, I fully feel that they need to do some sort of soft reset and just get some valuable pieces for Bryant and possibly for Darvish if they can get a hefty amount for him. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And let's, let's transition this now back into the Cubs in the game and MLB the show. So Cubs have had a long history of storied players, as we've talked about. Uh, Where do you think, or how happy are you with the current Cubs cards available versus what Cubs cards would you like to see down the line? I like there's a good amount because when you put when you put the um, all-time Cubs team together, it's a it's a fairly good team. I, I, I tend to use my um, 
rule of thumb is like half a season because um, because Al Rollis Chapman played half a season. He mm-hmm. won a ring for us, so we'll just use that as a kind of a stepping stone for it. But um, as of right now, I, I feel like there's a good amount, but I feel like there could be maybe one or two additions, maybe like an Alfonso Soriano or oh, a Sandy please, show. please give me an Alfonso Soriano. Oh, like I, don't, I don't care Sor- if he's Yankees, Cubs, Angels. All the, I don't care what team he played for. Rangers, just give me Soriano. And he would get he would get a card he would get a card for that forty forty season with the Nationals, and he would just be insane, absolutely insane. But um, Alfonso Soriano, Sammy Sosa, obviously for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. biased reasons. Um, a Derek Lee from his season in oh what was it oh five, I think um, two thousand five. Like his stats, um, I read somewhere like his stats, the amount of stats he had, there was only one other person that did that. His name was Lou Gehrig. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. Yeah. And like, those, are, those are the types of players that I find more fun to use. Like the Derek Lees, is he an all-time great? No. Did he have a five-year stretch that was unreal? Yes, he did. And like, those are the guys that we grew up appreciating. So give me those players. Those are the ones I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. But um, and those are the guys too. Sorry, I, I have memories of like I played MLB Slugfest 2004, and like I used to play with the Cubs that year because that team was loaded. Corey Patterson, Derek Lee, like all these guys who are really no names in the history of baseball, but are just like fun to use. Yeah, Corey Patterson used. He was supposed to be so good. Like, and he never ended up being anything. Just like, just like him and Felix Pa. I don't know if you remember that name. I remember the name. I don't remember much about him, but the name I definitely remember. He's center fielder, right, or outfielder? He, he was a center fielder. He was one of our top prospects. He was supposed to be one of the, one of the best center fielders out there. He was so good in the minor leagues, and then. Did he, did he go to the Orioles after? He did, right? I think that's where I recognize him from. Yeah, he ended up bailing to the Orioles, and he was just he he was just not as good as he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He was. He was not. He was not a great player at all. He was supposed to be, like one of our most prized outfielders we've ever had, and mm-hmm. turned out to be just absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. And now you know what I'd love from the Cubs. I, I, it might still happen because this game still has content bleeding out of it slowly. We still haven't gotten a high nineties Mark Pryor. And if Kerry Wood's going to get one, I feel like Mark, Mark Pryor should get one. He already has that low diamond. Why haven't we gotten a higher one? Oh yeah, he'll he'll get one because he's he's had those. Um, he obviously he was like injury riddled um, most of his career, and so he didn't get to do much um, more than what he could have because he was one of the most dominant uh, pitchers of, of the mid two thousands. And he he if his high nineties card came out, I'd I'd play with it in a heartbeat. Well, I love his delivery; it's very smooth. And even if he's not a ninety nine, if he's like a ninety six, ninety seven, I might still mess around with him. He's, he's really fun to play with. Oh yeah, 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 easily. But as of right now, I could say that like an all-time Cubs team is really, is really, 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 really good. And I, there's like, like I said, it would be my top players I would want would be Sammy. Well, not even Alfonso Soriano because I would want him, but he's not at the top of my list. It would be Derek Lee and Sammy Sosa easily. Mm-hmm. And your all-time Cubs team got better in the last three weeks with Fergie Jenkins and Arietta coming out basically at the same time. So that helps. Yeah. Um, Basically. And on the subject of Arietta, I wanted to ask you about him. I just bought him to use in ranked seasons. Haven't used him yet. What's your review? I haven't used him yet either. Oh, man. Okay, you let me down here. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I figured with the cutter and the movement and the velocity, he'd be pretty good, but I've heard some mixed reviews. Well, I've heard some mixed reviews too because I watched McGunsky play uh, with him, and there was a lot of people that were wondering why he didn't get a um, – he actually didn't get a cutter. Oh, it was the sinker? Team. I mean the sinker maybe is what I meant. It, it, was a, it was a sinker. Well, it was a sinker, and everybody's wondering why he didn't get a cutter. It was because his cutter has so much movement. That is basically like, a slider? Yes. It, has the, it was basically as fast as a cutter, but the movement of a slider. So it's basically a 90-mile-an-hour slider like, that is absolutely hard, that it just it comes at you and goes. Like the finest DeGrom slider. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Similar to that. And people are sitting here wondering, like, why didn't you give him a cutter? Why didn't you give him a cutter? Because the movement on, a, like, a regular cutter in the game would not do the justice of the amount of movement that man had on his pitches that year. Like, he was utterly dominant. Don- that, was, that was one of the most dominant stretches of starting pitching I've ever seen. I think yes. many people have ever seen. It was unbelievable. No, he was just – he was incredible. It was a magical season for that man. And I do miss him, but he wanted way too much money. And look what's <laughs> happened. Look what's happened, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could bring I – mean, I mean, we could take a flyer on him and take, bring him back. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a lot of people have talked about, but – I have not used him yet because I have not I have not been able to get into the game for the last couple of days and uh, finish my wins to get him. But um, yeah, I bought him off the market. I splurged a little three hundred fifty k deposit right there. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you at all because it's going to take a lot to get him. But I'm I've got I'm I'm getting to that point where I'm I'm getting close to him. But I I want to get him I want to get him eventually and then uh, round out my uh, all time Cubs team. So. I think he's a fit. He's absolutely a fit. Um, So listen, I mean, I I think that's all we have to talk about. This has been an incredible episode. It's been a great conversation. I think we touched a lot of bases. Um, Uh Before we go, I know you kind of did it intermittently here and there throughout the recording, but plug yourself. Where can people find you? What should people be on the lookout for from you? And kind of just sell yourself. Um, You guys can find me over at twitch.tv slash CubsChain004. I do have a YouTube, um, just uh, youtube.com slash Packer006. Um, the URL is different because I never changed it, but um, it, it still falls under CubsFans004 on YouTube. I don't get much on YouTube lately, but um, you can find me on Twitter, CubsFans004. You, uh, you can add me on PSN if you want, CubsFans004. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, Really not much else because I'm constantly on Twitch um, when I'm not having computer issues, obviously, as you guys saw in the beginning of the episode. Um, constantly playing MLB. I've been playing quite a bit of Among Us lately. Um, that's easily become one of my favorite games when I'm not playing MLB. Um, I'm, I'm live almost every day during the week five at 5.30, um, streaming. Um, I usually tell at the beginning of the uh, before the stream goes live what game I'm playing. So, but lately it's been Among Us and MLB. But that's where you can find me in most most places. You can find my podcast at Out of Bounds underscore Pod on Twitter. Um, you can search up the podcast um, on uh, SoundCloud Out of Bounds Podcast um, on YouTube. It's all the episodes are all my past episodes are on my Cup Series or for YouTube. So uh, look for that. Um, so many great different ones. You could find so many different uh, um, interviews um, that you will love to listen to. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, 
I'm sure there was a lot of other things we could have talked about with my content creation journey, but it's, we could say that for another day. I was going to say, I, I've never had a two-time guest, but we could absolutely make it happen. I think that, I think the people would like it. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, uh, I had a lot of fun with this interview. It was, um, it was a, definitely a lot of fun. Well, appreciate it, man. Very thankful to have you on here. And guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're on the YouTube channel, thoroughly appreciate it. We're slowly grinding away at growing that page up. Um, hopefully someday, maybe in the new year in 2021, uh, we'll grow that page into more than just the podcast. Maybe there will be some content on there. Who knows? I keep saying that. Eventually, I'm going to say it so much that it clicks in my head to actually do it. Uh, but for, for now, we just got the podcast. This is a great episode. Thank you all again for listening. And I will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at The Show, The Pod for opinions, updates, and so much more. Become a patron at patreon.com slash the show, the podcast to support the show. For $5 a month, you'll get exclusive access to bonus interviews with MLB The Show content creators. For $10 a month, you'll get the bonus interviews plus the chance to play me in an online friendly each month you're a member. That's it for now. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'll see you at Ship It.